Good morning. Welcome to this worship service of Ada First United Methodist Church on this beautiful Sunday morning, right? Yeah, I mean, the sun is shining. We can't argue too much, but I want to welcome all of you. I want to thank you for braving um, the temperatures this morning to be here. I've told one person already, if I was able to give out gold stars for God, you would all get a gold star today. So... But it is great to be gathered, whether here or through the gift of technology. If you're joining us online, we want to welcome you as well. Those who are bundled up under the covers at home, we are thankful that we can be gathered in person, but also through technology as we worship this morning. I want to offer a few announcements and reminders as we get started. We do have our 2024 offering envelopes available downstairs, right at the bottom of the stairs in the front porch. We're doing things a little bit different this year. You choose your box of envelopes and then sign your name next to the number of the box you took. You can choose either a weekly envelope box or a monthly. And if you just sign and let us know which box you have, that's very helpful to Lauren, our um, financial secretary, as she keeps track of those things during the course of the year. Also, we have recently switched online giving vendors. Um, we switched our vendor at a much lower cost to us as a church, so we are still making that transition. If you were or are an online giver and you need help walked, be, um, being stepped through that process, please see Julie after the service or at some point during the week, and she'd be happy to do that with you. If you're interested in switching to online giving, she can also give you the steps to sign up for the first time as well. But we are so grateful for your continued generosity to our church and to its ministries, the ways that we can be God's kingdom here on earth as a church and as part of a larger denomination. Also, next Sunday, we'd like to invite you to join Sarah Gracie right across the hall in room 205 um, as she is working on preparing February birthday and anniversary cards. You can stick around for a few minutes after the service and help to fill out those cards for the coming month. That is a huge help and also a blessing to those who will receive them. Beginning next Sunday, running through February 4th, we are going to begin a 21-day Wesley Prayer Challenge. So be part of a prayer challenge outside of our Sunday morning worship, but also will be our sermon series for the next several weeks. The Wesley Covenant Prayer has been used in Methodist services around the world since 1755. Wesley expected that people would pray this prayer as a way of remembering, renewing, and surrendering themselves and trust to God. So during these 21 days, we will learn, hopefully memorize the Wesley Covenant Prayer, and then also begin to consider what it means to wholeheartedly seek God's will, no matter what that looks like in our daily lives. If you have any questions about that sermon series or are interested in the book that goes along with it, please let me know. Now at this time, friends, as we move into a time of worship, may we know that God's presence is here among us, that God's voice is speaking, calling our names, if only we will pause in this moment to listen. I invite you, will you join me in an attitude of worship?
Thank you, Kim. Would you all please rise for our call to worship? We've come to worship God, who loved us before we were yet born, who knows us even better than we know ourselves, whose presence never leaves us, and whose love for us never ceases. Let us worship our God together. Please remain standing and sing uh, the hymnal in the hymnal, page 451, Be Thou My Vision. scripture reading today is from Psalm 139, 1 through 6, and 13 through 18. You can find that in the Pew Bible on page 485, and it's from the Common English Bible. Lord, you have examined me. You know me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. Even from far away, you comprehend my plans. You study my traveling and resting. You are thoroughly familiar with all my ways. There isn't a word on my tongue, Lord, that you don't already know completely. You surround me front and back. You put your hand on me. That kind of knowledge is too much for me. It's so high above me that I can't reach it. You are the one who created my innermost parts. You knit me together while I was still in my mother's womb. I gave thanks to you that I was marvelously set apart. Your works are wonderful. I know that very well. My bones were hidden from you when I was being put together in a secret place, when I was being woven together in the deep parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my embryo, and on your scroll every day was written that was being formed for me before any one of them had yet happened. God, your plans are incomprehensible to me. 
Their total number is countless. If I tried to count them, they outnumber grains of sand. If I came to the very end, I'd still be with you. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. invite our children forward as Miss Wendy shares our children's message. church today? <laughs> kind of, I did. <laughs> um, so I have a question for you. How many of you guys have a place in your house that is like a playroom or a bedroom or, or where you have all of your toys? Does any of you guys have that? Yeah? Your basement. So when I was little, I had a room that was um, downstairs in my house, I had two floors in my house, and there was one room in my house that was just for my toys. And then as I got older, there was one place up in my bedroom that uh, I had stuff as well. So um, sometimes when I would be playing and having fun, um, back when I was little, our TVs, they did not have remote controls. Can you imagine that? So you know what my job was? the remote control. Does anybody out there know? Harper, are you gonna answer your dad? I, I think we're okay, he can wait, right? Cool, cool, thanks. Did you hear your dad the first few times? He called you like three or four times, did you hear him? You didn't know? Oh my gosh, that happened to me a few, so that's what we wanted to talk about. Your dad doesn't really wanna want you for anything. I just wanted to see if you could hear him. So when I was little, and I'd be in my playroom, and my dad would say, Wendy, because I was the remote control, right? So when he, was, he would come home from work, and he would be super tired, and he wanted the TV changed, and he would call me because I was the remote, and I had to stop what I was doing and go to the TV and flip the channels. Now, there was only about five channels, so there wasn't many, many choices there, okay? So I bet if you look at some of these people out here, were you... Anybody, your parents, remote control? <laughs> um, sometimes my dad would yell for me, and I would be so busy playing 
like what happened here when Harper's dad was calling for her and I was distracted. And do you think I always heard him on the first time? Nope. Sometimes I didn't hear him on the second or the third time. I would finally hear him when he used all three of my names, right? So he would say, Wendy Marie Lortz, because back then my name was Lortz. So I'd finally hear him and I would come and he'd say, can you turn the channel for me? And it was just, it was ridiculous. But anyways, when we are doing something that we like to do, like playing or getting busy in life, sitting at school, sometimes our mind is distracted, right? And when our parents call for us, we may not always hear them call for us. Well, in our Bible story today, there is a young man named Samuel. And Samuel was living in a temple because his mother had um, given him over to God to be in the temple and to do God's work. And as, as Samuel lay down to sleep for the night, he heard his name being called. So what do you think he thought? Was he like, oh, hi, God. Do you think he thought it was God right away? <laughs> no, he didn't think it was God right away. He thought it was his master, Eli. And, and he heard that three times. And every time he'd say, yes, what do you need, sir? And he was like, I didn't call you. Well, finally, on the third time, the priest thought, I bet that's God trying to talk to you, Samuel. So he told Samuel to listen. And sure enough, God told Samuel a prophecy. And it wasn't an easy story to have to hear. Um, it involved some very bad news that he had to tell to his master. And Samuel obeyed. So sometimes God's message isn't the easiest for us to hear, but we know that God will always lead us in the right direction, right? So can you guys pray with me today? Dear God, please let us hear you through our two ears and let us spread your word through our mouth to others. In your name we pray. Amen. Our second scripture reading is from 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 20. You can also find this in the Pew Bible on page 212. Now the boy Samuel was serving the Lord. Let's start over. Now the boy Samuel was serving the Lord under Eli. The Lord's word was rare at that time, and visions weren't widely known. One day, Eli's, whose eyes had grown so weak he was unable to see, was lying down in his room. God's lamp hadn't gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the Lord's temple, where God's chest was. The Lord called to Samuel, I'm here, he said. Samuel hurried to Eli and said, I'm here, you called me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go lie down. So he did. Again, the Lord called Samuel. So Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, I'm here. You called me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli replied. Go and lie down. Now Samuel didn't yet know the Lord, 
and the Lord's word hadn't yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up and went to Eli and said, I'm here. You called me? Then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, Go and lie down. If he calls you, say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down where he had been. Then the Lord came and stood there calling just as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel said, Speak, your servant is listening. The Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of all who hear it tingle. On that day, I will bring to pass against Eli everything I said about his household. Every last bit of it. I told him that I would punish his family forever because of the wrongdoing he knew about. How his sons were cursing God, but he wouldn't stop them. Because of that, I swore about Eli's household that his family's wrongdoing will never be reconciled by sacrifice or by offering. Samuel lay there until morning, then opened the doors of the Lord's house. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli, but Eli called Samuel, saying, Samuel, my son, I'm here, Samuel said. What did he say to you, Eli asked. Don't hide anything from me. May God deal harshly with you, and worse still, if you hide from me a single word from everything he said to you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. He is the Lord, Eli said. He will do as he pleases. So Samuel grew up, and the Lord was with him, not allowing any of his words to fail. All Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was trust trustworthy as the Lord's prophet. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Whenever I hear this scripture, I'm immediately transported back in time to the year 2002. In 2002, I was a freshman at Ohio Northern University, standing outside my dorm, five up, with my Nokia 3210 cell phone, attempting to make a call, but only after 9 p.m. when the minutes were free, and only after walking around with my phone like this for 10 minutes, waiting for that one bar to appear on my black and white screen. And with that image in mind, I'm also reminded of a very famous commercial that debuted the same year, a commercial by Verizon entitled, Can You Hear Me Now? If just those words don't ring a bell, take a look at this video. Maybe this will do the trick. Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? How do you build America's Good. largest wireless network? Can you hear me now? Good. By never being satisfied. Can you hear me now? Good. Until no matter where you go. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Your call goes through. Can you hear me now? Good. 
Verizon Wireless. We never stop working for you. How many of us wandered around with blocky cell phones saying those exact words? Can you hear me now? Well, the irony I found out is that this gentleman then started working for Sprint, but another story. Can you hear me now? The author of 1 Samuel is very intentional in these words and mentioning that these events with Eli and Samuel took place in a time when the word of the Lord was rare. I imagine the people of God, at least at first, seeking God's presence anywhere and everywhere. They'd spend hours kneeling in the temple standing at the top of the highest hill, praying through a storm in the middle of the sea, an entire generation calling out to God, can you hear me now? Yet it was in the middle of the night with a young boy named Samuel that God chose to make his voice known once again. You see, Samuel was born to Hannah, the answer to a barren woman's prayers. And so she promised to give her son back to God. Thus Samuel began his service to God under the tutelage of Israel's head priest, Eli. And on that night in the darkness and in the quiet, Samuel was startled awake by a voice. Eli, of course, was asleep knew nothing of what was happening, and so Samuel ran to his teacher's bedside to see what he needed. But his teacher sent him back to bed. The voice called out twice more. Samuel ran to Eli's bedside twice more, each time being told, I didn't call you. But finally the priest realized what was happening. Now we have to pause for a moment, and we have to consider the circumstances. You see, Eli was not only a priest, he was the head priest. He had spent his entire life listening for God's voice so that he could share God's message with the people. Eli even had sons of his own. They were brought up in the temple, but they refused to follow God's commands. They used their position in the temple for their own gain. And so they were cut off from the family line and the priesthood. God decided to work outside of the family channels. But not only that, God skipped over the wise old priest who had spent his life listening for God's voice, and instead he chose to speak to a child, a child who did not even yet know the Lord. I can't help but think that even today, God continues to have a way of speaking to the people whom we might not expect. God has a way of choosing people who would never expect God to choose them. But God always seems to show up and to speak and to use to the most flawed and unlikely of characters, both then and now. Three times God called 
and Samuel ran to Eli. Three times Eli did not recognize what was happening. It seems that even Eli was unable to perceive God's presence. So I wonder if maybe after all, it wasn't an issue all those years of God's silence. But maybe it was an issue of the people's ability to listen. To listen for God's voice. Author A.J. Russell writes, really it all begins with listening. And the problem is that listening is terribly difficult. And we are all sorely out of practice. Maybe you've experienced someone who is a good listener and someone who is not a good listener. So let me ask, what makes another person a good listener? Are they engaged? You have their undivided attention as you speak. The way they hear you, you know that they not only hear you, but you know that they care about what you're saying, that they care about you. And so we learn that listening really is a skill. It's a practice that we can learn and hone and develop. Just like anything else in life, if we want to get better at it, we have to do it. And maybe it's a practice that we develop right where we are right now in our own homes, in our own workplaces, in school, simply by listening more, by listening better. Not just listening to reply, which is often what we do, we hear, and then our brain goes to the words we want to say in return, but rather seeking to be present and really listening to hear and to care. You see, listening for and to God is a practice that becomes a discipline. And I don't know anyone for whom the discipline of listening has come easily. Most of the time, it is extraordinarily difficult. It is difficult because the world around us is filled with endless noise. There was a man, a scientist by the name of Bernie Krause, who spent his life recording sounds that are called pristine nature. He would travel around the world recording and producing environmental sounds. I'm imagining those CDs with babbling brooks and ocean waves. He would record these sounds with no interrupting technological or transportation noises. Nothing that does not occur naturally in the world. Just the quiet sound of the natural world. Well, Krauss said about his work, he said, in 1968, when I began my odyssey, I could record for about 15 hours to capture one hour of usable sound, a 15 to 1 ratio. But by the end of his career, in 2002, coincidentally the same year that cell phone commercial aired, by that time, it would take nearly 2,000 hours of recording 
to obtain one hour of untainted natural sound. 1968, 15 hours, 2002, 2,000 hours for one hour of untainted natural sound. Is it any wonder that we don't know how to listen? Our lives are filled with noise, so many voices that are calling for our attention. And truth be told, by seeking to hear it all, we listen to none. So think for a moment. If in our day, like the words of 1 Samuel say, the word of the Lord was rare. If we think about that now, is it really because God is not present and speaking and directing? Or is it because we simply don't know how to listen for God's voice over all the other noise in our lives? Maybe we don't know how to listen, or maybe we don't know how to listen over the sound of our own self-interest. Because here's the thing, if we force ourselves to slow down, to tune out, to turn off the noise, to truly listen, are we going to like what we hear? You see, when, fi when Eli finally realized what was happening, and he instructed Samuel to respond, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Things changed. God did speak, and God's message was not gentle and comforting. Samuel didn't even want to tell Eli what God had said, because God's message was one of disruption and upheaval. God is always been flipping the ordered world on its head, and dare I say, today will be no exception. So maybe we are just as guilty of listening to the wrong voices because they feel better, they feel safer. Callie Bruton said, there are so many voices competing for our attention. And how many of us can say that we really know God well enough to recognize a word as being from God rather than someone else? But there is one thing we can know. The overwhelming witness of the prophets was and is that God has no tolerance for those who prey on the weak, for those who abuse their power, for those who eat their fill while someone else must go hungry. So perhaps the difficulty of this message is how easily it can be applied even today. Are we in the position of Eli, or even worse, his sons, eating our fill while denying both God and neighbor their share? Friends, listening to God's voice, really listening may just turn our lives and our world upside down. In her book entitled Teaching a Stone to Talk, Annie Dillard explains that most of us Christians, really, we don't have the foggiest idea what sort of power we so casually evoke. She writes, it's madness 
to wear ladies' straw hats and velvet gloves to church. What we should really be wearing is crash helmets. Ushers should be handing out life preservers and signal flares. They should tie us to our pews. For this sleeping God may wake up someday and take offense. Tomorrow, we will remember and celebrate a prophet of our day and age. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had no intentions of becoming a civil rights leader. He went into ministry, he said, because that's what his dad wanted him to do. He just wanted a quiet life, but through an odd turn of events, he found himself at the forefront of the Montgomery bus boycott. And then late one night, as he came home tired, the phone rang and he heard an angry voice on the other end that said, we're gonna get you, followed by a racial slur I will not repeat. King says he recalled standing in his kitchen in that moment, frozen in fear. He had no idea what to do next until he heard a voice, a voice that spoke to him and said, Martin, do what's right. You stand up for justice. You be my drum major for righteousness because I'll be with you. All I can say is thank goodness there are people in our world who still know and listen to the sound of God's voice. But maybe now those people need to be us. Maybe now it's our turn to say, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Let us pray. Holy God, right now, right now, may we hear your voice. In the stillness of the night or in the clatter of the day, you are calling us calling us to respond and say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Holy One, through the trials and turbulence, we pray that you will use us. Make us your steady hands, holding strong the fragile and the weak among us. May we love as you love. God of justice, remove the barriers of our lives that keep us from touching one another. Barriers that we have constructed based on skin color, religion, gender. May we see others as you see them. Come to us now, O God. Call our names. Speak for your servants are listening. In the name of Christ we pray, amen.
welcome Kim and thank you to our choir. Now as we prepare to receive our tithes and offerings, may we reflect on the grace and the gifts that God has poured out on us and may we seek to offer back to God our very lives in service of God's kingdom. I invite you, will you rise as you are able and join together in singing our doxology, number 95, Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow. not only seeking to lift our voices, to lift our prayers, but may we come ready and willing to listen, to tune out the distractions, the voices, all the things calling our names, and to hear in this moment the sound of God's voice. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? God of mercy and love, we come to you now from the busyness of our daily lives, from the noise and voices of the world around us. We have come to worship you. We long to meet you, to feel your presence surrounding us, enveloping us. And we long to settle into silence. We long to lay aside our worries and in this moment of time to simply be aware of your presence around us, before us, and within us. But we also come, Lord, aware of so much noise and chaos that keeps us from recognizing your voice and your presence. So we pause to confess our sin, to declutter our hearts, and to listen more closely. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you, nor have we loved our neighbors as ourselves. So often, our priorities do not line up with yours. We wander from your path. We seek to do things our way, instead of your way. Forgive us, Lord. Merciful God, we confess that sometimes we avoid you. We don't want to hear your voice. We don't want to receive your call because we are afraid of what you might ask us to do. How letting your grace work in our lives might change us. So we keep you at arm's length, ready to run when you seem to ask too much. Forgive us, Lord. 
Merciful God, your steadfast love surrounds us and calls us into relationship with you and with one another. And so as you're reconciled and forgiven people, we pray that you will open our hearts now to receive all that you have for us. Let us come before you. Let us lift our prayers with confidence, knowing that you hear our voices. We lift up Shirley Matthewson's sister, Joanne, who is at home now, continuing to recover from a recent stroke. We pray, Lord, that your hand of healing will rest upon her, give her strength, and allow her to know the assurance of your presence with her. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Carol Lobenhofer as she prepares for hip surgery tomorrow. We pray that you will ease any fear, that you will fill her heart with the peace of your presence. We pray that the surgery will be a success and her recovery will be full. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Don Traxler and his family as Don has entered hospice care at Van Crest. Lord, we pray that you will be with Don as the end of life draws near. Fill him with your spirit. Give him peace and comfort. For his family and friends, we pray for your strength in the days ahead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We continue to lift up Linda and Jay Epley, Rob McCurdy, Nancy Fleming, Gary Clausen, Jean Smith. Father, may your spirit fill each heart with strength and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And we lift up this week especially, O oh God, those who continue to face racism and oppression in our world and in our country. We are far from perfect, and we find ourselves still bound by the sins of hate and injustice. Lord, convict us of our sin. Open our eyes to our own prejudice. Soften our hearts to see and care for the wounds that so many carry. God, may our lives be reoriented toward your vision for love, peace, and equality. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Loving God, we know that you call us each by name. You call us to be your people. You pour out your love and grace into the darkest corners of the world. And you have called us to open our hearts and to listen for your voice. Your voice that disrupts and challenges. Your voice that shakes up and transforms our lives and our world. And so we pray, transform us now. Guide us now. And send us now as messengers of good news and hope for all people. We pray all this in the name of our Savior, 
who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as children of God, called, reconciled, and loved, may we rise and share together our closing hymn, number 2130, The Summons. Please rise as you are able. from this place ready to listen for God's voice, ready to follow the Spirit's lead, and ready to answer the call to build God's beloved community of justice, peace, hope, and love, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.